We're all gathered here today to listen to a dwarf cast by Ganymede and Titan. Start the tape, please, Holly. Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to a Ganymede and Titan Dwarfcast special, which is special for two reasons. The first reason that it is special is because <laughs> we are all in the same room. Yay. Yes. For the first time in approximately three years, yeah. I think, that we've all been in the same room. And this is how we've chosen to spend our time, making a podcast which is of worse quality than <laughs> our normal ones, because we're all sharing a microphone and it's going to be a real bugger for Danny to edit. Speaking of which, I'm Ian Symes. And I am joined today by Danny Stevenson. Hello. And Jonathan Capps. Hello. And the other reason that this is a special dwarf cast is because it is a... Ah, so you're a Wafferman, Wafferman special. special. Electric waffle. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was waffle, and, and this one is waffles. <laughs> waffle cubed. Um, waffle resurrection. Waffle resurrection. <laughs> Judgment waffles. Waffle, waffle versus predator. <laughs> Well, I think that's covered that. Yeah. Put that in a sting, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's our section where we discuss any topics as set by our beautiful listeners slash readers, Red Dwarf related or otherwise, but mostly Red Dwarf related. You set the agenda and you have set it and here is the first waffle. I get worried because I actually don't know what these are. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Let's start with Cy Bromley, a fresh waffle delivered to us just today. Waffle number one, who's put on the most weight since you last recorded a dwarf cast in person? Fuck you, Cy. <laughs> you. <laughs> you have. It's you, isn't it? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, We've all I, was, had... I, I think I've maintained a healthy 20 stone since, <laughs> since, since the beginning of the pandemic. Thank you very much. It's been a difficult year for everyone. <laughs> I am actually reassured when I now that I'm out and seeing people again that other people have put on weight as well. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just no, me. No, it's not. So to anyone listening to this who's worried about the weight that you've put on over the last year and a half, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And Chris Carter provides waffle number two. How offended are you by size question? <laughs> I'm always offended, actually, when I have to read anything that size says. <laughs> it's the questions, not the problem. <laughs> it's, it's the fact that he was on Twitter and so his face is next to it. Oh, you know, so we're, a bit, we're a bit harsher when we're all in the same room. Yeah. It's, like, it's mob violence, isn't it? <laughs> all these I, I realise now why our all our early dwarf casts are so <laughs> horrible. <laughs> it's because we're just in a gang. <laughs> yeah. So we'll come and have your lunch money in a minute. Exactly, because we're so corpulent at this point that we need to continue eating <laughs> we feed on your pain and your lunches and your yummy tears okay let's have a proper waffle from dave if you could live out the full life of any character ever to appear in red dwarf who would it be the cat because he doesn't have to do anything he does though he's made to do things against his will uh, later on he has to be like he has to do useful stuff and i think that probably bothers him more than it bothers anyone else I mean, since my overriding factor is guilt, I'm basically living Crichton's life anyway. So, I mean, I am, I am living Crichton's life from day to day, regardless. Anyone that's ever, any character ever, then you wouldn't pick one of the main ones. That oh, it live. could be anyone. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't pick someone who had to be stranded three million years from Oh, right, okay. I've missed, I've missed the question, I apologise. So, if it's, any, it's probably Thicky Holden, isn't it? 
having constant sex with that J. Jones woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on did that reality collapse or did that come back? Yeah, it ended up. Well, you put it back, didn't it? Yeah, so, you yeah, put it back. Put it back the Thicky Holden remains the uh, inventor. Similarly, I think Gilbert probably. I mean, he, he looks a bit like long suffering, but he's probably <laughs> he's probably doing all right, you know. Well, he's looking for Thicky Holden now, right? So yeah, you'd be all right. That's true. Is that how that works? I don't know. It's it, yeah. did, did Lister get all of his servants and and house and wife and wife? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that like she specifically has the horn for people that invent. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the thing. Yeah, that's the problem is that you get with time slides is that just because you've done the same thing doesn't mean you're going to live exactly like, the same. Exactly the same. Life. It's like <laughs> colony, like, like where, where everyone's prescribed a job at birth. It's like you will marry the person that invents the tension sheet. It doesn't matter who it is. You're gonna marry him. <laughs> well, yeah. Considering Koo Stark's um, private life and who she has been associated <laughs> with, and then anyone is an upgrade. Ah, <laughs> uh, we've already gone there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, who's the Who's the happiest? Uh, I mean, like if we're, if we're thinking about the worst ones, like as a kind of a thought experiment to find myself with the best ones, I think Rimmer's got to be one of the worst ones because I'm pretty sure it would be a, a living nightmare to be yeah. a hologram. Um, yeah, pre-series six, definitely. Yeah, pre-series yeah. six, but even then, like even when you're hard lighting immortal, you're still something artificial, like you could just be switched off. You know, but Promised um, Land. Yeah, exactly. Cut these themes yeah. quite well. Um, so best it would be someone that they've met in different circumstances been stuck in deep space because I also don't want that <laughs> so it'd have to be someone they've met on earth or on some sort of earth like situation <laughs> Butler doesn't sound like a terrible thing because you get to if you if you enjoy your own company which Butler seems yeah. to if I was Butler and I was like that Having, having yeah. the time to do what you want to do. He has just a social circle as well. He does, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. yeah, You've got the universe to talk to. In the Dave era particularly, it's not that lonely being uh, three million years from no. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. Um, <laughs> Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Actually, at the way they leave that ship, actually, one of the best candidates is probably someone on that ship because that's probably... <laughs> not so bad they're, they're happy enough I mean being I, fucking idiots I mean I guess yeah and they've got a, a fully functional society and I say fully functional they have a society and how would you how would you deal with Ace Rimmer's life if you were like, if you had Ace Rimmer's personality or are you saying if you had to live Ace Rimmer with your personality well yeah this, what's is, the specifics? this is the problem so yeah is it like are you transplanting that person if you could live out the full life Are you quantum of, leaping? Yeah, Are you not I think, yeah. I think we're quantum leaping yeah, yeah. and okay. we're, we're being us in their situation. Oh, man. So, yeah, Ace Rimmer would be exciting and... Uh, Treacherous, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Terrifying but, equal measure. But, yeah, considering oh. the millions of aces that have died. Yeah, but we might have we might have stumbled on immortality here because if we're living out the life of Ace Rimmer, <laughs> then our consciousness will jump from... Uh, a dying Ace Rimmer into his replacement each time and will essentially be immortal. <laughs> That's a very good point. It is. It is, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you I made yeah. it myself. I mean, we've, we've made up <laughs> rules for this this quantum leap system. I was going to say, we have kind of... I mean, specifically, Dave's very clear on the subject. He says, live out the full life of any character. So the full... As in, like, what, what life would you have enjoyed the life of from start to finish? Yeah, yeah. 
not just like from the point you jump that like you can't choose really jump in you have to have lived that whole life it's like which one would you have chosen yeah. in the way they did it uh, Lister's lifetime on Garbage World is pretty pretty wholesome mm. probably got a lot of out of that so as a, a way to get out of it you can say that his life ended when soon after he got rescued yeah. from Garbage World <laughs> and all the rest everything that happened since is just yeah. Outside of his life, if I was going to carry on as him, I really wouldn't want to end up living the life that um, Doug had in mind for him. <laughs> <laughs> there's no good answer to this, is there? Uh, there's bound to be. <laughs> you think about it hard enough. Who would you choose? <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell us down in the comments below and um, <laughs> tell us what you smash, tell us what you reckon? Smash that like button, <laughs> please. <laughs> There's only 50 of you. I would like to live the life of the woman who ate the eclair. <laughs> She's living her best life. She's yeah. very happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, what do you get to do? Well, I mean, we, we, know, we know that that day, specifically, she had a very good day. <laughs> she had a big cake. She had, she had fig cake and she had <laughs> like four massive teaspoons of sugar <laughs> yeah. and a coffee and a tea. I think she was celebrating because, oh, oh, do you think that's how she lives her life? I don't know. It's your, I mean, yeah, that was just like a snapshot. I'd, I want a spin-off series of just her life. Coming soon to Big Finish. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the same episode, Rob Grant. Yeah, she's married. Yeah. She's married to Rob Grant. Like they're actually like they're shown separately, but they're, they're actually oh, together. Man. So the yeah, Rob Grant series. is in that episode having a fag on That's the right. corner of Piccadilly Street. I think it is in yeah. uh, Manchester. Uh, I wouldn't mind living Rob Grant's life. <laughs> He'll get to meet me. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Or you could be Craig Charles because he's a character in Red Dwarf. I mean, haven't we kind of spent oh, yeah. a lot of our. A lot... Yeah, do you know what? That's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. I wouldn't mind being Craig Charles. Yeah, I'd be. I'd. I'd. I'd take the rough of the smooth there. <laughs> yeah, Charles, there would be some rough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have to. You have to live through a bit. <laughs> but you'd end up being one of yeah. the BBC's most respected um, music people yeah he's presented robot wars will somehow become a respected actor <laughs> yeah spend a few years in coronation street a few, right. few months in the priory <laughs> and your friends with simon gregson that's what you're yeah. <laughs> yeah craig charles is a really good bodyguard really friendly bodyguard the last one i met anyway it's 2018 i was oh, yeah. chatting, <laughs> chatting outside with him having <laughs> Cigarettes and he's, he's a Gilbert really nice was guy. his name. Gilbert. I don't know bodyguard. He was a chauffeur, but he was clearly also a bodyguard. Is, yeah. yeah. If, if I'm going to be is, blunt, is man. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, yeah. So I, th I think, yeah, Craig Charles. Who's settling? Nice bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> so we, is that is that it? We're saying Craig Charles. <laughs> That's the official change. You don't have to walk over the same one. Craig Charles. I mean, I think in in well, yeah. I, I think Ace Rimmer. I think. It's not really my type of lifestyle, but I'm twisting the rule, so I basically have immortality. <laughs> I would like to be a scutter. <laughs> One of the ones who isn't crushed. I want to be a tree. <laughs> you want to become a squirrel. How about a similar question, but with a twisty twist, uh, from Genual. If you had to live out the rest of your life in a guest Red Dwarf location... Basically, any planet, station, moon, etc. that they visit that isn't one of their own ships, where would you choose? Mm. Not Backwards World. Would the obvious answer no. be the um, high 
Red Dwarf. Yeah. Where everything is brilliant. There's not enough people. uh... But you are still on. You are still three million years from Earth. Mm. Is the thing. You are, but you would be enlightened, and you would be. Oh, about you would be more. I don't know. You'd be happier in yourself. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to live on the enlightenment because. No, that's a really nice ship, but we would fall straight through it. Yeah. (laughs) It would have to be killed first. Nice ship, but it's very transparent. <laughs> that's a hell of a. That's a hell of a sort of a. That's a risk. Yeah. <laughs> you might die. Accepted. You might still not get in. Yeah. <laughs> the only way in is dead man's boots. <laughs> Captain Aircule. <laughs> Aircule. Yeah. That's what he's officially called according to Toss, <laughs> unless Curtis has changed it. <laughs> Aircule. It's not even that. It's air cooled. Air cooled. <laughs> I think. Like a old Volkswagen. It's <laughs> badly parked. How about the Earth that they visit in Back to Earth <laughs> would be where I would like to live, yeah. which is basically this Earth. This Earth. Except... Is that 2009 as well, yeah. it is, isn't it? Yeah. Except that there's a big Tyrell building in London. That's the only notable difference. Is that the only difference, though? That's the only difference we know. I mean, that's the only difference they could fucking afford. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The only difference that they were able to depict. The implications of that giant Terrell building or whatever, and the creator, presumably there's something a lot more sinister going on there. (laughs) The whole, the whole. I don't know. I've not seen. I've not seen Blade Runner properly. (laughs) No. We we attempted to watch Blade Runner that weekend, but I fell asleep. I think I think yeah, some some I I think that was the only time I've seen Blade Runner. Was yeah, that, was watching that. It was like shit. Do we have to watch Blade? Runner? Yeah, we did it. It's kind We've of been homework. Red Dwarf fans for twenty years. We have to watch Blade Runner now. <laughs> Better than the bloody Doctor Who that we watched that weekend. Mm. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Gareth Roberts. Um, what was He's it? A cunt. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and uh, it was his episode, and it was basically um, uh, army recruitment. Yeah, episode. I forget what it was called. Huh? Planet of the Dead. Planet of the Dead. Would you like some tea? <laughs> <laughs> Is that that one? No. Nah. Oh fuck. <laughs> I thought it was going to be relevant and cool. <laughs> no, you've you've done your Doctor Who joke. You've used up all the coins. <laughs> yeah, I've used up my quota for this year. <laughs> See you next year. Um, this is this is a tough one because like it's boring to say an Earth, I guess. Yeah, I've been to several. Oh, Le- I mean, would you Legion Space Station? Yeah. Because Ooh. you can, if Legion's there, and he tailors everything to your whims and needs yeah. to make you happy. They'd have to be all of us. This is well, thinking, what the Legion. fuck would a Legion with the biggest stall of all of us? Like? <laughs> us three. It would just be another one of the same. <laughs> you know what? We already are the Gestalt of ourselves. <laughs> That is true. If like, yeah, Legion of oh, would be like, oh shit, there's some sort of error going on here. <laughs> there's a glitch in the matrix. Three people with ever so slightly different <laughs> wrinkles in their personality um, and in their faces. God, it would just be one massive walking quote. <laughs> absolutely, it'd be absolutely insufferable. <laughs> I'd kill him. I'd kill the cunt. <laughs> He has all your anger <laughs> magnified, yeah, magnified many, times. many times. So he'd kill us. He has all of your sarcasm multiplied many times. <laughs> it bears thinking about actually in Legion is that which personality is doing most of the heavy lifting there? I mean, it's Crichton, isn't it? Crichton's the one that's kind of lifted Legion to just not be a total <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it kind of doesn't, personality-wise... He doesn't. He has a blank personality. Yeah. That he keeps. 
I, don't... I always wondered about that. Yeah, is it like that he gets sort of flavored with the different people who were there, and he has like kind of a, a soul? Well, he does say he has their rage, I mean, so, so maybe he has access to it, but mm. he has access to their knowledge. <laughs> um, he has access to their rage, but it isn't doesn't define him, and he still has his neutral personality. I always wondered that because it's like before he said he was just a mindless essence, but I assume that there's something about him that's already there anyway. There yeah. has to be something there. Yeah, he's he's definitely closest to Crichton for the most part, but then at the he's end, a servant, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, his well, whole he, thing is that he, he wants to make them happy so well, that he's happy. Yeah, I so think it's stay, more that he sort of takes on their emotional state, yeah. and so he he want he that's why he needs them to be happy because that makes him happy, mm. uh, rather than taking on their personality. But then there's the thing where, as the rest of when he's talking to Lister and showing Lister into his cell. Um, he said, "Now you must excuse me. They're falling asleep, and like he would suddenly just turn into a clone of Lister, mm. in the same way that when, oh, yeah. but w- when each of them get knocked out toward the end in the new month, he doesn't really change his personality. No, he doesn't. He's just, he just. Yeah, Legion, Legion, the space station would be the best. That'd yeah, because be, he said because he said there's basically a, a whole better than life thing in there as well, like a whole. Oh, the VR. The, the, yeah. yeah the, so so even if you like deactivated Legion, because it actually could get really cyberpark. annoying after yeah. a while. Fucking Cyberpark. Fucking out nineties is that. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig Charles presented that, didn't he? <laughs> Legion is an excellent episode of Red Dwarf. It's it? one of my favorites. It's not a very controversial <laughs> thing for me to say, but no, it's not. It it's the ends strong up, as fuck. Legion ends up in in um, polls and stuff. Uh, ended up being the mid range of good in, yeah. in its placing, and I, I think it probably gets I don't know gets done a dirty no, in that respect. Really, and should probably really be higher. Fucking up. good concept. Having said that, I don't know where it rates in the poll poll because we're not doing the Legion commentary <laughs> apparently. <laughs> even though we've almost talked about it for as long as we've been doing the Legion commentary. <laughs> I can't remember a Legion commentary. Might have to do it again. Not to do it again. You might not. Redux is. That's true. It might be a very early one. Suggestions Mm. for Redux commentaries, please. Because we will do them. Oh, so tired. (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking tired. (laughs) Let's have another fresh waffle. This is from Milo's Cat. Uh, Talk about Beat the Geek. Is it good? Thoughts on Norman and Hattie interacting and coexisting? The best thing about Beat the Geek. Yeah, the, Beat the Geek yes. is a, a lovely, lovely thing for Red Dwarf to have done. Because most other quiz DVD stuff are piss poor at best. So it's one of the best of it's those. It's one of the best. I think it is. I think it's one of the most well produced yeah. of them. Because mm. he even introduced all sorts of elements like, like going around the ship and having different areas and things like that. So... Yeah, it's been a long time since I've played it. It would be nice to maybe we do a maybe we do a playthrough <laughs> yeah. somehow. If well, we can do that. One of my favourite <laughs> things about Beat the Geek is episode three of Dwarfcast. <laughs> Beat the Geek review interspersed with gameplay with um, me, Seb, and his then girlfriend. Yeah, and I pretended to accidentally quote a bit of <laughs> yeah. Red Dwarf in order to try and bait him into giving the wrong answer and it fucking worked <laughs> it is like one of my favourite things that I've ever done <laughs> captured on, <laughs> on recording yeah. as well I said it was how much tax does uh, does Rimmer owe and I said 
9,500 and then went, oh shit. And like, oh, capsule, 9,500. Click. Wrong. <laughs> oh, <that's so> good. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, well, apart from Parallel Universe, it's the only time two Hollywood ever <clears throat> coexisted. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, part of the question is like, it's, it's cool that they were part of the same project. What I love about it as well is that on a meta level, it's the culmination of Andrew Ellard's like, I'm not, no, the culmination of that is Body Snatcher, but mm. it's it's close to that era of all the things he learned about what DVD menus can do, all the tricks that he can ask the, the people, you know, that, yeah. you know, that mm. were at his disposal, mm-hmm. uh, the deluxe digital I think, yes, um, I think so. uh, and yeah, it ends up being a really good. I mean, it's it's limited a lot because it's a DVD quiz, and it was a very small window of time that those fucking <laughs> yeah. things were relevant. But like, they made the, the fault, best one. They yeah, could. the faults of it and the limitations of it is the limitation of the format, yeah. not of the production itself. It's, yeah, no, yeah. Sure. it certainly had far more effort put into it than the vast majority of those yeah, ones. Where it was like, for the most part, it was just like, here's a a TV quiz show who got the presenter back out of storage mm. <laughs> out of my balls to do oh do you know what Millionaire week. was good Millionaire mm. one was good I remember mm. that being a good one to do that was a, that was interesting the thing is that that was a DVD version of the computer game and so there was a much better version of it if you just played it on PC ah uh, ok I think anyway oh, they just ported it yeah yeah <laughs> ported it to DVD <laughs> <laughs> but at that point it was just like I just wanted to be asked questions in I mean I, form, is there any you know? is there any way that Beat the Geek could ever be turned into something that would be more web based because that would be such a better way of you think we could port it would you want to port Beat the Geek to a web format it's possible that would be interesting I'll I don't pop, know how f- I mean really, I, I um, think about the threading of DVDs and how the menus work and the sort of the splintering of mm. how pausing works and how button menus work and all that stuff and it's like in a normal menu I assume there's some complexity there but you just you know add so many levels of keeping track of score keeping track of all that I don't even know how that is done I don't even know how those DVD games you'd have to rip all work. that out and just build something yourself doing all the back but I don't know how but it's like even how they built it in the first place I don't yeah. know how DVD games work at a fundamental level how they actually yeah, no. keep track of things it's 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 it's, it's dark arts basically because it's like I love that sort of stuff of using something that it, it's not really like built technology for it. that yeah, hundred percent wasn't built for it, but making it do it anyway, making that's, it do it's it. so so cool. It's like when someone makes um the little, didn't appreciate um, the, the time, little touch screen on their Mac play Doom. Yeah. It's like there's no way you should be able to do that. And yet, you know, people manage to do it on like a you know, the Texas Instruments calculator or something and port Doom onto it. <laughs> it's just crazy the levels of detail. Somebody created fucking uh Pokemon in Minecraft. Literally ported the game over and like <laughs> pretty piece oh, what, with code um, and it's in it's in the game underneath with it down all just code just it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'll show you that later. Link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> An aspect of being the geek that we've not mentioned that might be relevant at some point in our future is Geek Chase. Geek Chase. Geek Chase. A whole extra game that was just given away free <laughs> with an insane <laughs> amount of detail, which is all still available online. Yeah. It is. 
the URLs have changed. They don't have all. They haven't paid for thousands of domains anymore. It's all something .redwarf.co.uk, but it's still like the main one. Dbadroid.info was the starting point, and that still works as a separate website. Oh, that's good. That level of attention to detail for archiving your the fact that yeah, yeah, the fact that someone's content. kept that great. that could have easily just been yeah. shelved and gone. Oh, we, you know, what, fucking hell, this is fucking this is it's way like too long. Two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. It's like yeah. the brave boys that are still keeping Ganymede dash titan dot info alive <laughs> after all these years <laughs> for no fucking reason <laughs> but yeah geek chase was the best i think i said before the best red dwarf computer game the best red dwarf video game that there has been is geek chase like there's going to be people out there who like listening now who probably have never even known about it yeah like, didn't even know it's a thing so we might have to explode geek chases for those people maybe oh yeah it's a treasure hunt uh, game basically, they it it's was originally a competition, an ARG that's the one. ARG, <laughs> it's a pirate back, based back game. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally a competition to win a grand, I think it was. Or was so. it actually to win? Yeah, yeah. it was I for money. And basically, the you get given divadroid.info as your starting point, and the purpose of the game is to find Professor Mamet's email address. And so it's basically you click through, you click on every link on divadroid.info and then that gives you further links to external websites with it all within the Red Dwarf universe. I think the first, off from memory, the first thing that you go to is the Androids fan site. Yeah. Um, and that has all the info from the Smegazine uh, comic strip of Androids, which again is in our future. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be familiar with that, no spoilers at this stage. In fact, I remember seeing the Geek Jays before I realised that that stuff was actually sort of canon, if you yeah. will. You know, I didn't yeah. realise it actually made sense. And, like, the reason why they had all this information <laughs> was because it already existed. And so, yeah, and from there it spins off, and there's more and more websites to click on and more and more things to explore. Like, virtually, like, basically, it's, it was made after Series 8 before Back to Earth, so. Any company <laughs> that got mentioned in series one to eight is has a website. Yeah. Um that was written presumably all by Ellard. It's very much got his fingerprints, dirty, mm. filthy fingerprints <laughs> all over it. <laughs> um in meticulous detail. It's a superb piece of work. Yeah. It's and like it's, I say piece of work, it's <laughs> a body of work. Yeah. It's a huge amount of work. Yeah. There's just, and then and it's all still there and kudos to Presumably, Andy. Uh, I was going to say he's probably literally the only reason. That's yeah, right. he's kept like, it all online. I don't, I don't for think this anyone time. else at GMP probably gives a single fuck. About <laughs> I've just been reminded because you said about how the amount of effort put in. I've now remembered, and it's I don't know why I've forgotten about this, but it's apropos of nothing. But do you remember the calendar, the film movie poster calendar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With all the yeah, see, right? That's the so the ridiculous amount of work that went into those yeah. to make movie poster piss takes. And do like red door versions for an incredibly like, fleeting product. Yeah, for an, yeah. a really well <laughs> made shelf thing. life of a year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean not even really. <laughs> like, who buys a calendar past First January? <laughs> yeah. But that was the era, Granella, was... where they had the resources to have a full time nerd, which is basically Andrew Ellard's job and yeah. fallow kind of thing where nothing was going on. Yeah. So it was just someone keeping plates. Just, spinning yeah. While they were, yeah, just like here, just do red dwarf things, please. Yeah. Yeah, and so because we can't be fucked yeah. making proper merchandise, so you just do. Something. Was that when the with the DVDs <coughs> released? Yeah, the, the DVDs were also that project. So yeah. that's again another one of those things where, like, well, we might as well do this well because we haven't got anything else to do. Yeah, so we might as well do that well and do it well. They did. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, 
the dwarf cast calendar club uh, twelve episode <laughs> run where we go through. Uh, <laughs> there were other red dwarf calendars. Yeah, there were. I, I, I seem to remember. I seem to think that that was the only one that was really. And there's probably a reason why they put a load of effort into one and then maybe not into the others as much. Because probably because the returns would not have been yeah. <laughs> worth it. But like, like I say, like there's so much of that era of Grant Naylor that is just. Looking back on it now, it's like that was just Andrew Allard's force of will, yeah. actually mm. getting the company to to do the things that it should be doing. Like especially the DVDs, you can almost imagine like it's quite a shame that merchandise wasn't. Part yeah, of that, I mean, part obviously of that we don't reason. know this for sure, but it's just it just seems obvious now when like his position in the company was so much different, obviously to like Seb's and now Curtis's. Like yeah. he had a producer's. Position it was a full time job. It was a full time job. And when he, it like it wasn't right until the end because before he left completely, he'd like forged his career as a script editor or started to, and so eventually he'd left. He, he didn't work there full time anymore. He just worked there part time. Just yeah. did the website stuff as a side thing, and that's the role that Seb took over. Yeah, so right Seb, thing, Seb yeah. never had the opportunity to have the same presence as Ellard had. Yeah, and like Seb would have. Absolutely run with it. I'm sure Curtis yeah, would yeah. absolutely run with it. But you can it, see yeah. what the company was like during those years, yeah. apart from making New Red Dwarf, which is, you know, good. That's yeah. good, that's good <laughs> that butter. they did that. The merchandise side of things is just, are just like that direction of like clearly not, not particularly listening to a fan that says this is kind of what fans were going to want. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, but 2006, 2007, we're in the heyday and like Beat the Geek isn't perfect, but it's kind of like it's a really nice. Um, Indicate of just like, well, yeah, crazy the, stuff we wouldn't get these days. The, yeah, the alternate version of Beat the Geek without that due care and attention is just static menus with questions on screen and like a few branches, maybe yeah. a few, yeah, a few clips from the show or maybe a. <laughs> you're, just, you're describing basically what I did as quizzes on DJ. <laughs> yeah. But you release it for 15 quid. Okay. <laughs> but you're not a... You're no, not no. BBC Worldwide. <laughs> you suddenly going, like... It's like your questions. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Clips from the show. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, you would get, you'd get maybe a bit of Norman or... Or maybe even if they were both, you wouldn't have hundreds of sound bites that they recorded no. yeah, with right. with silly hats on in yeah. some cases and, and whatnot. You would have an intro at the start of each round and say, and now here are five more questions. In and then at the end you go, and those were some questions. Those were the five questions. <laughs> so it's weirdly enough, I, I genuinely am surprised that Robert wasn't involved with that. Because, yeah. because of the whole... Mind you, Smegots again, because they've done that with Smegots. Do you know what Norman and Hay probably had in common around that time? They were probably the cheapest. <laughs> Availability. <laughs> Maybe. Because yeah. Robert was... Scrappy. Um, scrappy of the oh, yeah. Jackson. Uh, oh, Craig yeah. would have been Coronation <laughs> Streeting. Chris would have been um, After Dinner Speaking. What the fuck does Danny do? Oh yeah, he he did have Death in Paradise, but he was he was in Story Makers at the time. I think. I and he said in storage. Storage. He's in storage. He's in storage. Just waiting for Danny Death was... in Paradise. <laughs> Danny was in storage. He was just waiting. <laughs> but when they break the sets down, they sit Danny with them. Actually, the it's pretty surprising to me that Danny. Oh, do you know what? I was about to say something really fucking stupid. Then you don't see Danny John Jules in any of the big reality shows, do you? 
Steve's on strictly. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like Danny in the jungle would be great. Oh, you know. Uh, Danny was in storage, and it's a shame that um, during the riots in um, <laughs> in 2011, a, a large proportion of Danny's angels was destroyed. He's <laughs> <laughs> since been out of print. <laughs> and yeah, Norman's Holly and Hattie's Holly coexisting is something that I would very much like to see on screen at some point. Yeah. In the universe, yeah. Now that um, Norman's Holly is presumably a full-time character again, if if there's more, if there's ever more more. He's only a full-time character when people stop cheering the first time he appears on screen. I don't think that will ever not happen. (laughs) But, yeah, as of the end of The Promised Land, he is a part of the crew again. You would assume he's in the next thing. And so, yeah, why not have Hattie... Hattie's Holly is a guest, yeah. At some point, and because like it's a computer that has these sort of like interfaces, he can have more than one. You could even have yeah. Why? I mean, other than budgetary, you could I'm have both in the interface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, exactly. Uh, like I'm, I'm assuming the ship could have different. I'm assuming they, interfaces. They don't have whatever weird, half-assed bad blood they might have had. In the nineties, because like you, you get the impression that like Norman was pissed off. You know, like, they were just not that. Yeah, initially Norman was but. pissed off that they'd replaced him with Hattie because uh, he was on the understanding that they'd have someone who was completely different. If anyone's going to hold a thirty-year-old 30 <laughs> yeah. grudge, though, yeah. <laughs> but they did a tour together, didn't they? In the late nineties, oh, seventies. The the yeah, the, d- the double header tour. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. And they and they did beat the geek for which they were together, doing that. So, yeah, that was like mid two thousands, wasn't it? It was in, it was definitely like I feel like Curtis went to that. And might have written something for the site. Possibly something in the show notes. <laughs> 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 Maybe, I reviewed a Norman stand up very early in GNT I days. Remember, I remember that article. Link in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, that might have to go to Ganymede Titan because I'm not sure if that's ever moved over <laughs> to the new framework. I think it has, to be honest. God, we're talking a lot about talking. This. Talking. That was a good question, genuine. It was genuinely a good question. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. New waffle from Glen Tokyo. From Glen in Tokyo. How would you rate the universe of Red Dwarf compared to other sci-fi series? I feel like it's actually quite a fleshed out universe with lots of potential for other stories within it. Yes, if you allow the books to do a lot of heavy lifting, I think. Yeah. The, t- the TV series isn't so bothered, I don't think, about its wider universe. It's bothered about it, a tone across a series, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. series by series, yeah. it's consistent sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a <laughs> slapdash approach yeah. to like things don't tie up, things contradict each other all the time. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest difference between that and a Star mm. Trek or a Star Wars that feels more thought through, mm. despite the fact that those <laughs> are both things that have far bigger staff <laughs> like writers than this is. Yeah, I think that. Because these are films as well. Yeah. Usually, typically, if we're talking about like Star Trek, is probably again going to be the closest kind of well, an analog to a Red Dwarf universe because it started off as a TV show, mm. which had a universe, which had races, okay. which had. You know, I think they're part of the reason why the modern your modern sci-fi fan kind of almost demands a 
a law book to come along with episode mm. one of a new TV series, or mm. like you know, a, even some games like they demand like ten years worth of law, you know, writing has, comes along with it. Mm. It's because people love these kind of established universes and worlds and stuff. But yeah, Red Dwarf had never really done that until well, the books like as we've discovered in our book club series, what little world building we get of the Earth before they left is actually really good and really consistent. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it, and it's not obviously it's not like this, then this leads to this leads to this, but you can slot in. You know, I think recently we we you know the the humanity's final war with the Agonoids and then you uh, creating Gelfs to replace war with um, yeah. with sport, which yeah. is two books technically written by half a different writer yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like tying together really nicely and like, I, I think there's some good world in there but really even in the books that is not the wider universe is not Red Dwarf's concern really it's it's <clears throat> about the characters in, a, in whatever um, situation they decide is best yeah it's never been something that they've really gone for in the TV series yeah but it's like maybe you could and maybe someone will at some point if Rob Grant's book skis anything to go by. Like, you could expand it because I think I'm not a huge expert on Star Trek, having barely watched any of it ever. But I've hated fa- it my entire <laughs> yeah. life. But the fact that it, they did the original series, then it went away for quite a while, and then mm. came back with TNG. Mm. Obviously, they were still doing the films in the meantime. Yes. But during that gap was when a lot of law sort of got established or, or you know people fans had time to think about it mm-hmm. um, also Doctor Who. yeah Doctor Who and um, when the main series of Doctor Who finished in 1989 you had the new adventures which is a series of books that came up for, and then big finish that kind of expanded the universe Shut everywhere <laughs> I mean big finish has gone too far <laughs> some would say <laughs> if you're talking about butskis yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of explosive that's diarrhea. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> in quantity and quality. That's unfair because I don't know what. Big <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't listen to Big Finish. So I, I'm not. A, I'm not a Whovian. Apparently, the new McGann stuff is pretty good. Apparently, and I don't listen to any of it. But apparently, they do some excellent stuff and some terrible stuff, which is understandable. Yeah, but I've sort of heard about the, how much output they give. The, the ridiculous, ridiculous amount. Like you'd have to spend hundreds of pounds a month to listen to all of it. Even if you go for the cheapest formats and would, everything. Would a subscription service not even be better as a better mm. idea I was, that, for that kind of a thing? I was going to say I'd love to meet the person that does actually do that, but then I realised I really would not like to meet the person <laughs> that does that. You probably have met the person that does that. <laughs> <laughs> probably be a DJ next week. You are right about the subscription service, though. That's that's something that could they, be... They you know, must make enough be, money. That would be so much more attractive as an idea because yeah. people could de- definitely do that. They would then People would pay for that. Fuck, it'd be like Sky. You'd buy like different plans. Like, oh, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. got the McGann package. I'm on the... But, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking like... Can I have the Eccleston the, add-on? They've got, they've got Colin McBaker. Colin McBaker. Fuck me. They've got Colin Baker on sale this month so I can, I can get... I can get... <laughs> <laughs> I can get a year of Colin Baker for 20 quid. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man. This is why I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> no, this is why you should drink alcohol. <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> Where were we? Were you, yeah, you were, you were, yeah, you were talking about the gap. Yeah, and Red Dwarf hasn't had that 
Yeah, which is weird because, because Red Dwarf's it, had the gap. Yeah, it's had the gap, but it hasn't had the filling in. But then there's this magazine, and um, this magazine really only ran for a relatively short amount of time because um, it <coughs> it started around the time Series 4 aired and finished just after Series 6. So it was like two and a bit years. God, I didn't realise it was that early on. Mm. That's crazy. But during that time, basically the Smegazine, as you'll find out, and I'm going into it without too many specifics, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the Smegazine hit its stride um, around the time Series 5 aired, and from the Series 5 episodes, they had comic strips spun off virtually every concept from <laughs> Series 5 had its own strips that span off. And you get the feeling that if something like the Smegazine had been around for the entire time that Red Dwarf was going, then we would have this huge expanded universe thing yeah. because like they never got round to doing anything from series 6 really they had one strip from memory where Red Dwarf was missing but apart from that yeah. but you know you could have had a Legion strip where each week different people come to Legion's space station <laughs> and he has adventures there you could do a um, a Larido strip yeah. Larido strip however you pronounce it neither fact, of those things yeah. for the record <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few drinks. <laughs> Street Laredo, Laredo, Laredo. With those characters, you could have adventures on Rimmer World, where it's all the different Rimmers having their societies, hey. and so yeah, all these things could easily exist. All the different Rimmers having their societies. <laughs> there, there is a yeah. there is a comic strip to be made of Rimmer World for sure, because you know there there is something specifically Series Five as well, especially like Back to Reality as well. Like, well, obviously, I know that they, I know that they yeah. do. But there is so much more to explore. It seems like they were really... Like they were trying to create these kind of extra... Well, it's that thing as well where we've, we say it so often that Red Dwarf has, like when it's at its best, six ideas per series that could easily be spun, you know, out, spun yeah. off. You know, most episodes could be a, a mini-series. It, like the the core ideas that go into the... the like the peak era of Red Dwarf has so many big, huge ideas mm. that naturally, yeah, you know, you can take the concept of time slides and do more with it. You can take pleasure golfs, you can take wax worlds. You can. Yeah. You know. The thing with all those ideas, though, what it comes back down to is that all those ideas were created to serve these specific characters. Yeah, mm. and they're so good because it, those characters are within them. And as soon as you try to spin off, let's say Laredo. Um, and and if you are going to make that into a spin-off in a traditional sense, um, then yeah, if you remove our dwarfers, then you've just got a western. Yeah. And then, or if you remove, I guess you know, yeah, you can't remove, remove Rimmer from Rimmer World, so you that that is a genuine thing. One, but you yeah. still need Chris Barry, you still need that character to, sure. in order to make that work. So well, Red, only, Red Dwarf has its universe. only if you're thinking of um, filmed. Spin-offs, well, rather yeah. than books or yeah, comics yeah, or audios, whatever. Come on, come on, Rob Grant. Come on, show us your buttski. Go, 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 see us. Yeah, we've never seen. Go, go see your buttski, Go see us your content. <laughs> Total power. Go and see us later. <laughs> so, how do I rate it compared? I think <laughs> it is different. It, it, no, this is like this is the old thing of like it's Red Dwarf's a sci-fi show, but it's not really a sci-fi show, mm. and it's a comedy. First it's a comedy, foremost. yeah, and so you can never compare it to any other. Sci-fi. The only the only one it's closest to, 
and I really do think that it's, it's closest to is the kind of absurd universe that is Hitchhikers. Yeah. <clears throat> that kind of absurd ideas of like people doing really amazingly batshit stuff to like fulfill one purpose and then it just getting out of hand. Another character yeah. base. Like Gelf stuff, like yeah. Gelf, like sport. I would love to see Gelf sports like visualised <laughs> like seeing a perfectly oblong person who fills a goal I love the idea of that I love that because that feels very Hitchhikers yeah. that kind of like a like it's a, it's a let sentence. me tell you about Neville Southall <laughs> <laughs> best one I could think of yeah, he the, was quite fair there's the old uh, Chelsea goalie from like the 20s yeah there was a goalkeeper giant. like Fatty Folks or something like that. I mean, it seems likely yeah. that you've got his first name right there. Yeah. Fill a goal, Fullerton. <laughs> I just see all that on the looking fingers. Charles, Charlie, Charles. Like it's all the fucking Chumley Warner <laughs> smoking and drinking on the pitch. Now, there was a, a goalkeeper for whom the chant who ate all the pies was invented. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that genuinely... Oh, my God. Is that actually, <laughs> yeah, that oh, can okay. be traced back to, I think, Fatty something. Poor bastard. Fatty something beginning with F was his surname. And also, when uh, when a goalkeeper um, does a goal kick... <laughs> How am I sounding like someone who's never... <laughs> <heard of laughs> Uh, the, the, if, if, if the away fans are behind them, they'll go, Whoa, you fat bastard. Ah. So, Even when they're not fat. It's, yeah, Especially like, when they're not fat. I think fat. Goal, goalkeepers just being fat is like, it, it's one of these things that's <laughs> yeah. embedded in a football fan. Even standard. though it's not true. <laughs> Even though they're, they're usually never been not. True for 70 years. Football, football um, goalkeepers are very tall <laughs> and live these There's days. a goalkeeper called Mart Poon. That played for Derby in the mid nineties. I remember being at Pride Park, uh, watching Aston Villa versus Derby, and this goalkeeper was very thin. <laughs> and there was a bloke behind us that was incensed by how thin <laughs> Mark Boone was, and so because he couldn't call him a fat bastard, and he was so out of material. Yeah, every time he got, he had the ball. He said, "Boom, boom, yeah, you want to get some." Fucking pies down you, <laughs> some fucking Guinness, <laughs> so I can do me chance. There's nothing like the wit of a brummy football fan. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Sorry, you were saying <laughs> golf sports? Yes. <laughs> I never like to see golf sports. I just think that like that is that feels to me. I don't even know what that would be like. What that would be. It would be like it would feel like Hitchhikers though, because it would like the the, the, yeah. the story would then detract away from, and it would show like an animated thing that would show you kind of how it happened. That's yeah. what's so curious about these bits of world building we get in the books is that they're they're, they're kind of allowed. They've almost got license just to be a bit daft with them. So yeah. like it's just like oh shit, actually maybe the Redwolf universe is really Hitchhikersy. It's just it, they're it's all they're away from it all, you know. Yeah, because yeah. um, we, we only see well, the difference. I mean, there are many differences, but the difference in focus between Hitchhikers and Red Dwarf is that yes, Hitchhikers is about a specific set of characters, but it also has this omniscient voice throughout of the voice of the book in all forms radio telly yeah so the setting is a character yeah all the different settings yeah so they don't have to relay every experience through arthur or ford or zaphod or whoever they have the book that knows absolutely everything and tells us whatever it wants to tell us the voice of douglas adams yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and yeah it's rare in the red dwarf novels that that happens it's usually we're experiencing things as lister or rimmer yeah 
and it's only very occasionally like with the garbage world stuff that we get uh, an outside voice that's telling us teaching us stuff about the universe mm. i always imagine with those um world building chapters where where it is the uh the narrative voice kind of talking to us i always imagine that being Crichton, mm. like because he's usually the one to say best you know, guess best guess <laughs> 200 years before i left earth um because he's usually yeah usually the one explaining those oh, i could always imagine well, Crichton yeah. being the narrator yeah yeah last week on riddle something <laughs> terrible happened to mr <laughs> last millennia on the earth something <laughs> terrible happened with the agonoids <laughs> what was the question it was hard it's hard to compare universes universes yeah it's 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 weird because in print I think Red Dwarf has quite a strong universe. Yeah. But on the screen, it's not so obvious that it has got such a wide universe. And it's just every show Mm. has different goals, I guess. Mm. Uh, The world building is doing different things. And I think with Red Dwarf is essentially as good, as like consistent as the world building can be in the books, it is still there to serve as a joke. Yeah. Mm. Usually. Oh, it's got jokes in there and it's kind of, it exists to be funny um, most of the time. Actually, I guess the Aconite stuff. Well, I think the bits that we get in the books is... I guess they're kind of just using the space and the time that they've got to tell a story and embellish the story with more detail than they can in the TV series. So it has to give you the short version for the TV series because they want to move it on, they want to keep the plot moving at a fast pace and they want to ram as many gags in there as possible. But with a book, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but like you don't, there doesn't have to be a laugh on every page. But often with the world building pieces, they're the funniest bits as well. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of the time. Uh, but it's a more of a gentle, like slow paced humour that wouldn't work in the TV series. But it's that. still better than Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Topical question, sort of, uh, from Nicky Hutchinson: If Red Dwarf was to continue, bearing all the madness we're still in, as a studio film show. Would something like Zoom be an option if they had to have a limited audience during recordings to at least know where the biggest laughs are for the cast to milk out of? I'd say what would be good is being able to watch the rehearsals via Zoom. Even better. That'd be fucking fun, wouldn't it? Would be a bit of a hybrid, yes. <coughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, Or like a hybrid thing, because the reality of this is, I think this question might, might have been asked a little bit before it kind of has become obvious that I don't think there's any coming, going back from crowds and gatherings basically being. I back. mean, yeah, right. So this time last week, I was in a crowd of forty-one thousand football yeah. game. So they had signs up saying, "Please maintain a social distance of two meters." Are like, you what, mate? <laughs> I'm so that's, that's not going to happen when that when Diego went in. <laughs> but you've also got the idea that like um, it would be more beneficial to the if they could manage to do it in a way that they do a virtual audience, in the same way that some shows are still doing, mm. from the sounds of it. Like, some BBC shows are still asking virtual audiences for things like um, uh, like the Ranga Nation and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that relies mm. on the, the audience being remotely as well. There's a mm. whole thing about that. But there are a lot of shows where you're still doing it via... And to be fair, I don't know whether they're augmenting the audience reaction with other laughter, but... It doesn't sound any different. The BBC have got a system which they basically developed during the first lockdown, and it works really well. And it, they use it a lot for most of their radio panel shows and stuff now. Right. Of just really 
I don't know what it is, but just really good recordings of an audience. But I think it works for those kind of shows where it's not a hugely raucous mm. laughter a lot of the time. It's more of a, a gentle, polite Radio 4 <laughs> laughter. <laughs> okay. With Dwarf, it would... I mean, even ignoring COVID, it would be cheaper to do a virtual audience, I think, than for yeah. in terms of insurance and everything else, like costs that you don't necessarily think about, like hiring the marquee and, and security and everything else, mm-hmm. um, the insurance costs, the space in the studio that the audience that's takes up. That's what I was going to bring up, mm, is the fact yeah. that the, the audience takes well, up would basically. would we get another set? <laughs> well, that's the thing, yeah. you would be able to get, uh, yeah, you would another be able to wall. get, we know that we, we saw that they took away half, some of the audience, like seating for another set, so you could see yeah, how much that stuff took yeah. up, so exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, so. The thing is though, is that the, the, the cost here is that, you're sucking all the life out of the room for the performers. And yeah. That, that, that yeah. We know now that they absolutely need an audience. Mm, really, yeah. um, they can get by without one, but yeah, there's not much point. And I think yeah, really, yeah, and I think you're right that this this question has been sat on our waffle pile for a couple of months, and so at the time it was asked, we weren't, sure. we weren't yeah, we weren't sure what the future is. I mean, still not sure. We no. still could be things that go wrong and that cause us to go back. It into seems it seems more likely that. Um, that the vaccines have allowed this to, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no, level of yeah. it's no longer. It wouldn't be a necessity to do um, to change the way the audience works. No, um, but, but let's assume that Red Dwarf. Let's assume that there was another we have lockdown. To, yeah. Red Dwarf had to go into production for whatever reason. There had to be a Zoom audience. Mm. I would. Would you still? Would you still? be happy with that or would you prefer them not to be an audience or I'd, would you prefer them to be I'd be incredibly happy because I'd screen record the whole <laughs> fucking thing and I'd watch it back and it'd be brilliant yeah I and, think that, and would therein, have like a multi-camera therein lies <laughs> therein lies the big big problem also again people leaking uh, footage as well that would be well a big exactly that yeah. would be a big because yeah. I don't know how many problems there have been with leaks of footage but Barely this program like Red Dwarf doesn't really have but Red Dwarf has more of that of a problem with things like that it's so easy to than, so like you know oh I would it um, have I got news for you like, who gives a shit yeah. No one knows if no you've recorded an episode of Whoever Got News for You and puts it online. It's like, well, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's it's, in a week, it's not going to matter. Yeah, in a week, it's going to be on the TV or in a couple of days, it's going to be. With Red Dwarf, it's a, it's a very different. Yeah, it's like. Maybe QI would be that kind of a thing where like a leak of that would be a big problem. Well, yeah, not even. But the Red Dwarf is self policing with. Mm. Um, with yeah, leaks from audience recordings, <laughs> it is also but it's, di- but it, it's, di- it's different when it's people at home anonymously doing stuff and yeah. anonymously. It's uh, infinitely easier it. to get a screen grab um, of the set yeah. than it is to like get your phone out and like hope that security don't collar you. Mm. Um, Unless you uh, an executive at UK TV, we can just fucking do what you want. <laughs> Post it on Twitter. Yeah, the majority of leaks of Red Dwarf have come from people that work yeah, on Red Dwarf. Within the production, yeah. <laughs> the leak was coming from inside the house. <laughs> like, if, we, if, we, if we're in pre-production, then Robert's pretty much the most likely yeah. one. <laughs> and then Danny. After, after that, well, now execs, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I would be so bold as to say. So bold as so bold as if if you're in a situation where job. literally everything every other duck is lined up, 
<laughs> Apart from the audience, they can't have an audience and they have to be virtual. I'd almost be tempted to say, then don't bother. I suppose, yeah, one thing from Nikki's original question as a potential is to use a virtual audience as a placeholder, maybe, to so that they are reacting yeah, to something. Yeah, and do a screening. So, yeah, you could have an advice, like a selected audience, so it's not just randoms, like not just anyone on the internet. Trusted. Trusted, like, yeah, invited, or people that have been before, like, who are on, you know, Lost in TV, got their details or whatever, who didn't leak last time and so are more trusted. Um, and then <clears throat> do a screening at a later date to get the proper laugh track mm. and put it on. Because I think it's it's two things. It's the atmosphere of the finished programme, and Red Dwarf usually works better with a laugh track, but mainly that the cast want an audience and perform better in front of an audience. And so, yeah, it's just whether the Zoom thing would satisfy that need for them. Um, but at least, yeah, as a as a placeholder, as a temporary thing to let them know where the laughs are, I guess it would be useful. Yeah, I guess so. And presumably there's a good way of piping in those laughs in a... In that's what I'm thinking way. yeah because they do say like do not like it must be I've never been part of have you guys either been part of a virtual audience for anything yeah? no not really because apparently everyone's just saying like like idle chatter do not talk yeah you can only clap or cheer yeah. or laugh so you have, you, again, you have to be so you just sat there and you kind of just have to just kind of behave yourself and it's mm. like and yeah you are trusting you know yeah. 500 households to basically yeah. just chill the fucking just beans. shut the fuck up or to mute yourself yeah yeah so I imagine the mix, it, but then again, you could also control if you've got 500 inputs. Yeah, you in, can't. You could control yeah. the, you know, I don't even know how that stuff is collated because that sounds like an absolute nightmare as a mix, yeah. as a thing. I don't even know. It must, it must be some sort of level of automation in there. I yeah, the I think that's the BBC's thing that they invented. Very, very cool. Has to automatically. The fact that they came up with that as quick as they did as well, considering the the turnaround <coughs> time, it was literally months before. Yeah. It was only about a month yeah. or so before that stuff started to happen. Yeah, and there was a few sort of in the meantime experiments and like different ways of doing. It. Taskmaster seemed to perfect not having an audience as well, because like they've done two series and a special uh, that have been aired so far post lockdown. Coincidentally, the ones that <laughs> that premiered on Channel Four, like Channel Four, just bought it at the wrong time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the first series they did um, had a really weird atmosphere, and part of that was the fact that it was like days after lockdown finished that they did the studio recordings, and so for the five comedians, they were just giddy as fuck because they'd been <laughs> cooped up in their house yeah. for the first lockdown. And then all of a sudden, they were in a room with six other really funny people and yeah. just. Yeah, <laughs> and just completely lost their minds. Like yeah. Richard Herring talked about it on Twitter. Uh, it was just like the first recording that he had. It was just delirious the entire time yeah. because it was out of the house and with other comedians again. But also, they, I think they had like a very small audience that were in a separate room watching would, on monitors. Yeah, that's what I. That's and it what sounded mean. really shit and yeah. it sounded really weird. But then, the special that they did for New Year's and the subsequent series. 12 11? 11 series 11 it seemed to work it was this it was a similar setup in that it was a remote audience in another room but it seemed to work better and i don't know what they did to tweak it but some the atmosphere kink, was some kinks yeah, out basically but the atmosphere was so much better um so there are now ways of doing audiences without a full live audience but um hopefully we won't have to use it no because i yeah that taskmaster recording we did go to 
was uh, bloody special. Is that the Come Torch one? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really want that to be released as an outtake, but it never will. It never will. Yeah. <laughs> Too hot for TV, that'll be. <laughs> Too hot for everything. We were, yeah, basically, we went to see Taskmaster. It was, which series was it? Was it seven? It was James Acaster's one. Yeah, yeah, James Acaster's one. And there was a running gag throughout the recording that was far too rude. <laughs> like, wasn't even released as, like, they normally put outtakes on YouTube and stuff afterwards, but it didn't even make that. Which was, I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I won't spoil much, because at some point I'm going to force Capsy to sit down and watch all of Taskmaster, because he's not watched any of it, and it's really good. It's really um, I'll meet the magazines first. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, it was it was James Acaster's. Was it James? It was oh, someone's Rod Gilbert. Rod like, Gilbert had to draw. The task was to draw a circle, and he did it with a highlighter pen on gravel. And so, <laughs> and so, um, Greg Davis said, "Yeah, but you'd have to have one of those." Like ultraviolet torches in order to see that, and someone said, "What a cum torch!" It was uh, that was uh, Rod Gilbert's cum torch, and so the phrase "cum torch" was just woven in to every task throughout the rest of the recording. And Greg just absolutely lost it every time it anyone said "cum torch." He also kept ruining his own takes yeah. by. As he normally does, as you've seen when he does, when he'll say something and then he'll just go too far and know he's blown it and think, fuck, I've got to do that again. And he just can't help himself from doing it again because it's funny. And they literally had to take like a 15 minute break while he went yeah. and composed himself because he could not concentrate. The whole thing had to stop. We all had to stand up again for about 15 minutes while he went and just, just, just cancelled down and got back on. It was fucking amazing. And then during, during the final task, you'll never hear it. But in the audience, Ian shouted, Come touch! <laughs> and you could see Greg's face just like oh, shock and horror. Just, no! 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 <laughs> so, this is the main problem with, with Zoom. And an audience, and the Zoom, you won't get Zoom, that with Zoom, the Zoom audience. Zoom, Zoom, I know you, I mean, you've got this risk of people randomly shouting, Come Torch, when, when, <laughs> when Robert's in the middle of like his 50th take of his uh, two page speech. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> you all have access to their Come Torch. <laughs> Oh dear. You can see how it, uh, yeah. And that never got mentioned outside of the recording, did it? No. <laughs> no one ever mentioned what happens it. happens in Cum Torch stays in Cum Well, that's the thing, it's not like, sort of like hashtag Cum Torch. You, you know, you had to be there, kind of thing. <laughs> so, our final waffle of the day is from a young man, a young chap. He's ever so keen. He's, uh, he's written in, he's. he's Asked his mum to help him write the question. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to the last one for one, mate. <laughs> Is uh, Danny Stevenson. Oh, Danny Stevenson guy. has sent us a question. Did I? <laughs> yeah. I think he just wrote it in the uh, spreadsheet this time rather oh, than fuck. bothering to tweet <laughs> it. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Oops. Danny Stevenson asks You can walk into any photograph. Where would you go? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, so this is kind of. I think this is based off the time slides thing we take. We talked about no, <laughs> no, is it? Fuck. No, oh, it's still the time slides thing we talked about earlier, wasn't it? About things coming out rather than things being. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like, yeah. Plot ideas. It's terrifying. <laughs> I mentioned that. <laughs> so I think Michael went. No, that's awful. No, 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 no. <laughs> Get that away from me. Um, 
I, like, I fucking hate this because I always ask, I ask a question and I cannot think of an answer. <laughs> yeah. um, I, mean, I would take a picture of something blurry just so I could see what that would feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I'd right. take something out of focus and then I would experiment. <laughs> Should I go out and get some more beers? <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I kind of, my brain starts to sort of start right. to analyse the problem. Do you think you would happened. become blurry as you stepped into it? I don't know. Or would you remain Would you, oh, would you look blurry to anyone who was looking at the photograph that you walked into? Oh, Mr. Uh, because <laughs> I was, I, well, I think I might have talked about this on the commentary for times that we did. But it was like, if you went into a picture that you took a picture of, and you turned left, mm. what would you see? It's exactly, exactly it. And they, they don't answer it in the show. <laughs> but in the show, it, yeah, Lister walks and like sort of hits his he face. He can't yeah. see the outside of the photograph, but what can he see from yeah. there? What is he looking? Well, at? it's weird because he like he walks into the edge as if. As if he's walked into a sheet of Perspex, for example. Yeah. Um, but like he didn't realise that he was getting to the edge until he got to the so edge. So he must be able to in. see what the It's a bit like yeah. an, an AI like um, continuing a pattern. Oh, so it's like, got oh, content, like tiling. It'd be yeah. just constantly. It's got just, content aware fill. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So it's just like lots of wedding photographs. All kind of like, yeah, it's, it's wedding really photographs all the way. Or if we're going to talk about hitchhikers, the um, someone else's problem filter. Mm. Yes. Our field. Um, yeah. Like, just your yeah, brain doesn't really yeah. think about it that yeah. much. But um, fills in the gaps. But if we if we're going to do this, we have to um, tighten the rules a little bit because it okay. it pisses me off that Crichton gets to go into a magazine just get any fucking photo yeah okay and develop it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I got it, I <laughs> so got you can go in yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. like it, ha- it would have to be from a next it has to be a photograph yeah, yeah it has to be a photograph you take okay so let's just assume you have access to national archives or something like that right you've got access oh, to right. all the original okay, yeah, yeah. let's just say you have access to all of the negatives <laughs> and like the V&A and you know yeah. British Museum and all this kind of stuff it's like where would you what would you go right. would you go first of all I'd be like who's taking a picture before Villa play Bayern Munich in the night. I was going to say, I think my answer might be the same. <laughs> we, we have to find one before now. Maybe we'd have to find a picture from the semi-final and then just wait a couple of weeks. Well, they've taken photos of like the, them warming up or something. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, there might be some. Yeah, yeah, because obviously we can't go something from the photograph. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Yeah. This this is this is the problem with this question is that as I've asked it, I'm like. Ah, but there's problems, yes. right? I mean, okay. So many problems. How long does that last? How long can you stay in that photograph? And how and does it play out mm-hmm. in the same way that it played out in reality? Yeah, because like you, oh, you can affect it. Yeah. Well, essentially, you can because Lister can take yeah. you can take things and bring things back, right? Oh, so you, mate, yeah. if we fucked it up. Imagine. <laughs> In which case, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I would go to the 2000 FA Cup final and stop and stop David James from being our goalkeeper. What year did the Blues win the uh, League Cup? 2015, 2014? 11. 11? Just got there. Fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, okay, so we, so we wouldn't want to go anywhere nice because we wouldn't want to fuck it up, so we want to go somewhere we hate it. Well, no, that's only in terms of, like... Historical events, not when you could like yeah, just have a really nice photo of a, a topless beach in Acapulco, for example, yeah. <laughs> or a picture of uh, one of our house parties walking to that and just freak everyone. <laughs> 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 just call everyone cunts and walk out. Just, again. I think this shit just kicked like, in. Did everyone, did everyone just see that? <laughs> 
I think we'd be unfazed if we, like, in one of our old house parties, if future versions of ourselves <laughs> turned up. Like, oh, we just right. assume that, like, at some point in the future, <laughs> we figured out a way to go back to time. Julian's playing a prank on us or something. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Um, yeah. I mean, we're just answering this as well as we've answered all the others, aren't we? Like, we don't know in no, <laughs> no particular way. Um, Again, it's yeah, it's it's, it's like you've got, you've got to kind of set the rules down. Haven't you? This is the thing: is that like <laughs> this is this is what I get bogged down in like flights of fancy when I'm thinking about it because I get bogged down in what the fucking rules are because I can't imagine anything mm. that doesn't necessarily have any rules. Uh, but then that kind of defeats the point of a flight of fancy, right? But it's maybe when you walk into a time slide. Is a is it like a separate universe is being created? So like even if you don't do anything, like if you just stand there and observe and don't affect anything, would reality play out in the same way? Mm, so to use hold it on a loop or something like that. Well, like if you had if you had a photo, like to use the example, if you had a photo of the start of a football match, would the events that play out in the photo? be the same as yeah or they're they they were. a copy no they're yeah because are yeah, they, they an exact copy, copy? although That's this thing, this yeah. is fucked or is it just by that one that bit. one point that you've taken mm. the photo of is that they're the that's the nexus point of yeah. all of the realities yeah. and yet everything else plays out differently up to and after that point yeah okay answer this question <laughs> where the fuck does that newspaper come from in time slides the one that Lister has that mm. explains about yeah I know <clears throat> Is, have they got that out of the archives? And if so, why does the manager have fucking archives going back <laughs> 300 years or whatever? Because they don't have the internet. Oh, yeah. That explains library. where everything's yeah. negative then, because they've got microfilm of everything. Yeah, all everything's of micro. So is that, is that, did they get yeah. that newspaper from an, from the same time slide and just like the, there was a newspaper stand just out of shot? Or... Is that from our universe? Because I like the idea that it's playing out a splinter version, a splinter universe. Well, it's it, yeah, but then it does affect our real life universe, doesn't it? Because it really changes, because yeah. Lister changes it so that he invents the tendency, oh, and yeah. Rimmer changes it back so that it's Dicky Holden. So it's, it's it, an iffy concept, isn't it? Really, the whole thing. <laughs> I would like to get like an Escher. <laughs> like, yeah. like, or what? And try and develop that. Yeah, develop, develop an Escher photo or some sort like of, you know, ones. like, like a, an illusion, and then develop that. I, I'd just be sat there, just going, "What if I did this? <laughs> like, what if I started doing, you know, like an animation or something, or like, you know, a cell from, you know, Tom and Jerry cartoon? What would happen <laughs> if you took that up and shot that out and then walked into it? What you'd the get, fuck would happen then? Would you be, be cartoonified? Um, yeah, you'd be Christopher Lloyd in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't, don't no you'd be Dick Van Dyke jumping into the. Um, you'd be Mary Poppins and Bert jumping into the. Jumping uh, into the painting. Yeah. painting. Uh, yeah. So you end up just having a nice little dance. Have oh, a jolly holiday. They were tripping their tits off. That's <laughs> obvious. Oh, oh, it's, it's a, a jolly holiday with Mary. Now he's a fragging can. A gig would be a good. A good show. A giggle big. A g- giggle big one. <laughs> because if you slightly change a gig, I mean, like, like you know, Live Aid or something. Um, <laughs> or, because you're not going to change that by being in the you know, the audience watching no, that's true. Queen do their 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, but the, no one takes photos of the audience. 
<laughs> like so you'd, you'd, be on stage you'd walk in, you get a picture. Of, like I'd really want to see Queen set from Live Aid, and so you get a picture of Freddie performing, and you suddenly appear <laughs> on stage at Live Aid in front of millions worldwide. <laughs> oh shit! Shit! <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, you say that, but yeah, I think I'll, I think I think I think that's how Bez ended up in the Happy Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> He was oh a God. fan of the Happy Mondays. He, was, he, he found, found himself from the time slide and just walked into the photograph one day. <laughs> he happened to be holding maracas. <laughs> uh, his maracas now. <laughs> Where would I, I, don't, I don't know. The moon. Space. I'd like to go to space. I'm in space. You'd have to prepare for it. You yeah, you yeah. <laughs> can just walk in. Would, would, the thing is, though, the time slide, would that not just immediately start sucking you in? Oh, maybe it would, yeah, be like a yeah. Would it would it be like an airlock, like a breach in the yeah. airlock? Would that work mm. that way? Or would it work the second you breach the yeah the, the seal mm. of the where the light is? Yeah, space <clears> is a good shout, but yeah, you're right. You we would have to get like suitable attire before. Yeah, like, I'd prepare. <laughs> spend a, spend a few grand yeah. on a. I would get a motorcycle helmet. And, like I love motorcycles. Polyfill around the edges. Suffocate twenty seconds later. Give yourself a good minute. Oh yeah, oxygen supply. Shit, I forgot. <laughs> it's not Ooh, like the cartoons um, where I put a fishbowl in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you you need oxygen? <laughs> but that was always my idea for how time slides, they could have used the time slides technology to get back to Earth in their time, is just have an aerial photo of, of Earth and project it big enough so that Starbug can fly through it. Or just, or that is such on. an interesting idea that you, again, it's like, oh god. No, it breaks like, the whole episode. It's, the whole episode it's, it's like, it's like you need the resolution of the picture to be astronomical for it. Because so, so when, when, when you got to Earth, it would just, just like Earth would be about, you know, it would. Well, that's it, isn't it? it? Would, yeah, that's that's does it does it transport you to that? Does it let you? Does it let you go deeper into that photograph to the point where it like the thing? technically, all those things are in the photograph. What it's about just, the back half of the, the Earth? Apart from see. the back half of the Earth. Backside culling. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but like... You, Fuck you, yeah. round earthers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you create the Earth. You'd just make sure that it was all the shit bits that were on the... You know, you'd make sure you could see England. you time the photo properly. Yeah. <laughs> you just got a picture from the top. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, I can only go to Antarctica. <laughs> fuck! That's not where Antarctica Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they projected it upside down. Grandmaster Glitch makes exactly the same error in Go Jetters, don't worry. <laughs> is Grandmaster Glitch a goodie or a no, buddy? Well, he ends up being a goodie. Basically. Oh, does he? Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like, um, there's, there's definitely a... Is he's Spike from Buffy. I uh, then watched it. Well, Spike's a baddie, and he ends up becoming a goodie because the character's really good. But James Masters is a baddie. He's like Spike, but a shit character. Yeah. He's shit. <laughs> I hate him. But he causes all sorts of damage. But he is like he is an academic from the academy. Yeah. Like he's 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 just a teacher, and yeah, he's hunting around the universe. <laughs> why is he? Problems. Why is only one of them a magical unicorn? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he tweeted me. The, the, guy, the, the guy that plays Ubercorn. Is that not Colin McFarlane? Um, Am I being voice racist? <laughs> hang on. <laughs> This is very important. Daddy's lost it. <laughs> it's this, oh god, Colin. I was still trying to find. I, did, I need to find the name of that that game that Michael oh. played where he was just talking absolute gibberish with his girlfriend. Look, Ubercon Gojetters. Uh, oh no, not images. I'm not going to find a. 
cask information there. Tommy Earl Jenkins no. is the, is the man's name. <laughs> and I Who's think I just I just randomly tweet. He, he clearly like searches um, for Ubercorn. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, I can't remember what I said. It's something, but then he's yeah. one of the most brilliant witty put downs. <laughs> he, he, he he tweeted me and um, in the show notes, and um, <laughs> he's just clearly looking for anyone who mentions Ubercorn and gives them a nice little message and puts some unicorn um, emojis in and hearts <laughs> and just generally being a, a lovely person. So yeah, he's uh, he's good. Uh, Godmaster Glitch is a cunt. <laughs> As are all the gojos. <laughs> Ubercorn just needs to ditch the lawn, disco his way off somewhere. <laughs> I had a point that I was about to make. <laughs> too late. Way too late. You're talking about the earth. And yeah, when you got. Because yeah, I think. what Because. Rimmer manages to go inside the mansion. Uh, Lister's mansion. So this is yeah. So because technically that is, the interior of that is in the photograph. Oh, is that another picture from inside the mansion? Because he appears and disappears. Yeah, mm. but then who's taking the picture? Like the more we talk about this, it's the more almost like there should be a, photog- there should be a photographer. Yeah. Whenever you appear, there should always be a photographer behind you, <laughs> taking the photo that you've just appeared out. Of, yeah. Right. That should yeah. like obviously at a wedding yeah. that would make sense. Like the photographer has just seen Lister. Yeah. in front of him and just be like what the fuck are you doing like and then, and then he disappears again yeah. jumps down underneath his point of view and then all of a sudden that guy's disappeared and it's like then oh, that, yeah. that man's life is ruined <laughs> so, so basically yeah time slides is like exponentially a bigger load of bollocks than even backwards is like <coughs> terrible episode it completely it's falls apart it's, it's, it's a crack it's a cracking it works it's an amazing visual nah, episode shit, mate. but shit, shit, now mate it's not Shit and crazy TV. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the prob- if you didn't have that and it, you were stuck with the resolution of the photograph that you're in, mm-hmm. you could do the aerial shot of Earth thing and you'd go and <laughs> it would just be a bit of blue and a bit of green. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'd be in a nightmare. Like when the planet doesn't load properly in No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the clouds are loaded so you can't land anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I, th- I think based on the logic presented to us in the famously terrible episode time slides, <laughs> the, um, the, it's not you're, you're not entering into the painting. You're, you're not doing you're not doing uh, Mary Poppins. You're, you're you're portaling into that time and space. Yes, yeah. that's um, that's what the that's what the show is for sure. Yeah. Happening. So so your Earth idea would would definitely work, and it wouldn't even matter if it was yeah. projected and low resolution it's yeah. taking you to that point in time um, so not only is it a terrible episode but it contains with the, it <clears throat> the means of ending the series yeah well yeah as does we, we, we <laughs> should put together a list of like all the times Lister could have all, all the times <laughs> I did on Twitter once oh right <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. 20 kids same as well there was a point at which he yeah. could have stayed and didn't there has come a point where it's just like article ideas for G&T is a bit like The Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah. Past us did it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say it's us on Twitter did it. <laughs> right. I think we've exhausted the current... I think for everyone's sake. Waffle pile. I think I need a wee. <laughs> I think we should go to bed. Together. <laughs> the next Dwarf cast will be the oh, last no. ever book club. Oh, shit, it will. It, it will. will. 
Um, so we'll have to read that at some point and then yeah. convene at a, at a day and do it. Yeah. Um, so listen out for that one. The next one that you will be able to listen to after you've listened to this is The Last Ever Book Club. So enjoy that. Uh, we are always on the lookout for more waffle topics for any future Waffleman sections or Waffleman specials that we may or may not do. So uh, please leave those over at www.ganymede.tv or you can tweet us. Twitter handle is Ganymede Titan. Okay. So this should give you an idea of the kind of person we're working okay. with. Okay. But until then, thank you ever so much for listening. Uh, stay safe, stay happy, stay positive. A stave is a vertical wooden post or plank in a building or other structure. Any of the lengths of wood fixed side by side to make a barrel, bucket or other container. A strong wooden stick or iron pole used as a weapon. Or in Western musical notation, a set of five horizontal lines and four spaces that each represent a different musical pitch. Or in the case of a percussion staff, different percussion instruments. And as always... Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. How did we do it last time? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hello. Stop your bloody creaking. <laughs> We'll just mute Danny's track. Oops. You're fucking tight. (laughs) Redux. More ducks, please. You can't say both. Select ducks. (laughs) Ducks. Wank. (laughs) You can't say wank. Select (laughs) ducks. By the same token, the expensive one is pretty <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to say that <laughs> that's all I had in my head as well. the good of one but until then thank you ever so much for listening uh... thank you ever something so you're about much. to break in a song <laughs> thank you much for listening I kind of was <laughs> welcome to my world won't you come on in